is Surprising Niche for the Plant Pathogen Pseudomonas Syringae by Cindy E. Morris, Linda L. Kinkle, Kun Zhao, Philippe Pryor, and David C. Sands. Section 3, Results in Discussion. Bacteria were isolated from epithelium in five streams and rivers in Montana, Utah, comma, and southern France. The sampling sites in Montana were in pristine forests that could be accessed only on foot and were upstream of agricultural fields. Aliquots of these samples, all samples, were obtained excuse me, were observed microscopically, revealing that they contained typical components of rubber epithelium, including diadoms, rotifers, nematodes, copepods, algae, and bacteria. You know, you just have to have commas in lists. You just do. Unless you have compound subjects, but haven't seen one yet. At some of the sampling sites, moss and other plants were also attached to the rocks. These were avoided when sampling epithelium, such that samples did not contain any apparent tissues from moss or higher plants. All bacterial strains retained for further characterization, 38 strains, had the basic phenotypic properties of P. syringae as follows. They had a fluorescent pigment on the isolation medium, reacted negatively for presence of the cytochrome C oxidase when exposed to in 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 tetramethyl p phenylidimine dihydrochloride did not produce arginine dihydrolase under anaerobic conditions and they hydrolyze esculin one strain 1426 produced a non-diffusible green pigment on nutrient agar supplemented with glucose five grams per liter typical of the closely related species of P. viridiflava. The P. syringae and P. viridiflava strains collectively occurred at densities ranging from 60 to 6,000 bacteria per gram wet weight of the rock biofilms. The river epithelium strains had varying degrees of pathogenicity to plants. Of the 38 strains characterized, <laughs> characterized, 34 induced a hypersensitive response in tobacco. Induction of hypersensitivity suggests that the bacteria have essential functional mechanisms for inducing plant disease, and in particular, components of the HRP gene complex involved in eliciting host defenses. 15 strains were consistently virulent on one or more of the plant species tested, which is tobacco, right? And another another four strains occasionally cause disease when inoculated on the plants tested here in table one. So how many is that? Give me what you got. Oh, a lot. They have seven hosts tested. Barley, durwheat, spurwheat, canta, beet, sunflower, bean, and tomato. Strains from Montana generally had narrow host ranges that included only cereal grains. Two strains, 1435 from the Ozon in France and 1455 from Mill Creek in Utah, had very wide host ranges including seven of the eight species and cultivars tested. The five strains collected in the Ozon River in France that were virulent on several plant species strains, 1434, 1435, 1448... 1449 and 1450, and strain 1455 from Mill Creek in Utah, produced fringomycin-like toxins. 
which play a role in the pathogenicity of P. syringae. The reference strains used here showed varying degrees of pathogenicity. For example, DC3000 and B728A showed varying degrees of pathogenicity on the host from which they were considered to be virulent, tomato and bean respectively. While CC94 was virulent on several species and produced a sphingomycin-like toxin as expected. The plant tested represented vegetable, fruit, and grain crops important in the regions where these bacteria were isolated. This included the dominant cultivar of barley and two major cultivars of wheat grown in Montana, sugar beets, also widely cultivated in Montana, cantaloupe, and sunflower. We need commas. Important in southern France, as well as other common vegetable crops, snap beans and tomatoes, to represent a wide range of plant families. Cantaloupe is a particular interest for the study because in France it is subject to recurrent and serious blight caused by P. syringae a disease that occurs only rarely or not at all in other cantaloupe-producing regions in the world. If in greenhouse, my understanding is that was new. I wonder if that's true, that the infection of the cantaloupe was like a recent, more recent innovation. In greenhouse tests, disease severity on cantaloupe caused by strain 1455 from Mill Creek, Utah, was among the greatest of the nearly 500 strains of the cantaloupe pathogen we have tested for disease severity. Strains were also tested for properties related to agricultural practices such as resistance to copper sulfate used in both the USA and in France and to antibiotics permitted only in the USA and in use on plants that were used for controlling bacterial diseases of plants. These antibiotics included streptomycin, canamycin, gentamicin, oxytetracycline, and oxalinic acid. In orchards in the U.S., for example, where copper and antibiotic-based pesticides are used for disease control, resistance to copper sulfate, oxytetracycline, and streptomycin can be frequent among strains of P. syringae. Application of these biocides can impose a selection pressure on indigenous populations of P. syringae, leading to resistance to very high doses of these compounds. 24 of the 38 strains were resistant to 10 mg per mil, not per mil, sorry, 10 milligrams per liter of oxytetracycline, but not to higher doses of this antibiotic. One strain was resistant to up to 50 milligrams per liter of, res- of gentamicin. No other antibiotic resistance was detected among epithelian cells, and none of these isolates were resistant to copper sulfate, which is something they do in a powder form, like you sprinkle it on things in your garden. Interestingly, strains with the greatest spectrum of antibiotic resistance were from the Ozone River in France rather than from sites in the USA where antibiotics are more widely used for controlling plant disease. Reference strains showed resistance to oxytetracycline and streptomycin. Reference strain 1448A was resistant to oxalonic acid, 10 milligrams per mil, and B728A was resistant to copper sulfate at 0.25 0.25 millimolar. Based on comparison of the 16S RNA sequences of our strains with those of accessions in GenBank, all strains respond to species of Pseudomonas. Four strains were most similar to P. syringae or P. verdiflava, and 11 strains were most similar to an unidentified Pseudomonas species. Accession A Y four five six six nine nine point one. Sequences of the remaining 23 strains were most similar to P. fluorescence, P. putida, P. corrugata, or P. 
policy, commas. Similarities of the 16SR DNA sequences of the epithelian strains to sequences in the GenBank database were frequently less than 98%. Furthermore, the phenotypic properties of the epithelian strains, including physiology, colony morphology, comma, and pathogenicity, comma, as described above, comma, <laughs> correspond to P. syringae, comma, or in one case, to P. verdiflava, comma, and are clearly distinct from the phenotypic traits known for P. fluorescens and related species as described above. The range of species names for our epithelic strains suggests by comparisons from GenBank data illustrates the current limits of the database in terms of the diversity of 16S RDNA sequences it contains representing P. syringae-like bacteria. At the time we compared our sequences to those in GenBank, January 2006, the database contained 43 16S RNA sequences corresponding to strains called P. syringae. So there were 43 of an N of 43. Of these, 30 were characterized pathovar, isolated from diseased plant tissue, and six were from agricultural sources. The other seven sequences were from sources such as sludge, non-agricultural soils, and lake phytoplankton. For five of these, environmental sources published information about the sources available. In all cases, the identification of the organism was based on comparison with the existing 16S RDNA Database, no further confirmations of biochemical properties relevant to P. syringae nor pathogenicity were made. The river epithelian strains were grouped into eight genetic lineages. Figure 1, groups A through H, of 95% similarity in 16S RDNA sequences. The composition of these groups suggests two fundamental aspects of the biology of P. syringae. First, it suggests that individual genetic lineages of P. syringae are widely distributed geographically. Group E, for example, illustrates well the wide geographic distribution of a genetic lineage. This group contains strains from all of the sampling sites except the Sorgu River in France. Furthermore, the reference strains in this group were also originally collected from very geographical locations. B728A is from Wisconsin, 1448A is from Ethiopia, and DC3000 is from the Guernsey Islands in the UK. Groups D through H also contain strains from sampling sites in both Montana and France. Widespread migration of genetic lineages has been suggested for other pseudomonas such as P. stutzeri. This is something that comes up commonly, but no specific mechanism of migration has been proposed. I have one. It's um, via the water cycle. Sorry, things get evaporated up into the clouds and then they move all along the globe. Uh, and reinfection occurs linearly with time at the same rate as distribution, I expect, because things are evaporating away from infection and into the clouds and then back down to perform new infections, I would assume, at the same rate, because it's just the rate of catastrophic um, weather, right? Anyway, widespread migration of genetic lineages has been suggested for other pseudomonads, Via airborne dissemination, P. syringae has been transported into clouds at altitudes of several kilometers, and it has also been detected in rain, as mentioned above. Furthermore, it has been proposed that ice nucleation active sites of P. syringae might facilitate their fallout from the atmosphere by catalyzing freezing of 
cloud water and the subsequent snow and rainfall. Such a vehicle could lead to long-distance dissemination to sites including pristine settings far from agricultural zones. This bacterium can also be disseminated in association with transported plant material, for example, transplants, seeds, cuttings. As an epiphyte on plants growing from this tissue, it could eventually be washed into rivers, as has been observed for other plant pathogenic bacteria. This means of dissemination would be likely to keep the, ah, the bacteria in agricultural zones or in waters that run off or over agricultural zones. So they're saying it's the river migration that keeps it really moving. It's just like having running water, which makes total sense. But in cities, I wonder, since we don't really have like rivers running through cities, I mean, we have like the Chicago River and all, but I would run, I would wonder the rate at which migration happens in a big sort of um cosmopolitan river versus an actual like natural sort of type stream our results also reveal a clear correspondence between genetic lineage group and phenotype this suggests that horizontal gene transfer among these genetic lineages of piscaringa is infrequent in particular strains that were virulent on one or more of the plant species tested here were in different genetic genetic lineage groups than strains that were not virulent. Furthermore, strains with the broadest host range were in a well-defined group, E. This group also contained the three reference strains of P. syringae whose genomes have been fully sequenced. Strains in this group also had the most varied phenotypic properties of all the groups, including ice nucleation activity, comma, production of a sphingomycin-like toxin and or resistance to one or more of the five antibiotics tested. Strains in the other groups were either resistant to only oxotetracycline or had no antibiotic resistance. The 16S RDNA sequence is considered to be a neutral marker with regard to environmental selective pressures because it's a housekeeping gene. Hence, the, corresponding, the correspondence between this genetic marker and phenotype is interesting. It may suggest that strains in group E have a greater affinity for acquisition of genes or for overall mutability. P. syringae is considered to be a highly clonal species in terms of its core genome, or at least some strains are. Variability arises from accumulation of mobile genetic elements such as pathogenicity islands. For the strains characterized here, the source of these mobile genetic elements is likely to be outside of the other genetic groups described here. River epithelion has been used, has been shown to be a propitious site for horizontal gene transfer for other bacteria and may also play this role for Pisaringae. Overall, our results illustrate the limits in our understanding of the life history of this bacterial plant pathogen. Don't they all, girl? Most importantly, our data suggests the potential significance of non-agricultural and non-higher plant-related niches to the life history of Pisaringae. Yeah, totally, right? They are not an obligate pathogen at all. While it is not known what traits are advantageous for survival and proliferation of P. syringae in river epithelion, this work highlights the importance of understanding the potential for traits that confer fitness benefits in epithelion to, important, to influence pathogen fitness in agricultural habitats. Moreover, these results suggest wide geographic dissemination of certain lineages of P. syringae, so there is a mixing of the subpopulations by migration. While the significance of these epithelian strains for agriculture is unknown, the strains we 
present here have a pathogenic capacity similar to well-studied reference strains of P. syringae isolated from epidemics. Hence, P. syringae from river epithelium in pristine habitats maintains its phytopathogenicity. Further insights into the extent to which epithelium and agricultural populations overlap and especially on the frequency of exchange between these habitats is critical to understanding the potential significance of these non-agricultural niches, the life history of pathogenic <laughs> P. syringae populations. Investigation of these questions will remain comparative population genetics-based on a well-defined sampling strategy to adequately represent the different niches and modes of life of P. syringae to avoid overrepresentation of strains that dominate epidemics, which is the stuff that happens in your agricultural fields. The role of non-agricultural niche in the life history of plant pathogens has been largely ignored, comma, despite their potential significance to life history. The roles for plant pathogenetic bacteria, their relationship with higher plants and particularly with cultivated plants represents only a short period of their evolutionary history. Hence, identifying non-agricultural niches is likely to provide insight into the ecology and evolutionary biology of these bacteria. Furthermore, non-agricultural niches may play a significant role in the development of agricultural epidemics, both as sources of inoculum, na, of inocula, and as sources of novel traits that may enhance bacterial pathogenicity or aggressiveness on plant hosts as well as general fitness. A comprehensive vision of the life history of these plant pathogens is required to fully understand the selective forces that mold the structure and evolution of the genomes of these microorganisms. She ladled the conversation Skimming from the top